This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Craft. This is Nick from Hessian Farm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. It's Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorf from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. We're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to Grandisopian. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is?
Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hello, hello, hello. So, when we were just preparing to call you, we listened to the Night Hunter song, Look to the Future. Oh, you poor thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a great song. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad somebody likes it. <laughs> can you can you tell us what that song was about? Well, the words are pretty simple. It's about uh, not giving up on what's going on with you currently and just look to the future. Nice. You know, always, always understand that it will get better, even if you think it's getting worse. That's basically what the song's about. And I, believe it or not, I wrote that when I was 20 years old. Do you still believe it? Yeah. Good. Oh, absolutely. Especially considering all I've been through with uh, the stroke and everything. Uh, you know, some people don't come out of that too well. And uh, I think I've done pretty damn good. Yeah. 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 It's only uphill from here. It could only be uphill, and I got the rope and tackle to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's all good. It's a, actually, you know what? In hindsight, the uh, the stroke was act was an actual uh, blessing because it made me realize uh, how precious everything is, and how the little things just aren't important anymore. It's the big picture. Mm hmm. It's a good message. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we want to talk to you today about the upcoming two releases, Bob Mitchell, oh. Unearthed, and Night Hunter 87 that Dark Age Records is putting out, right? Yes. Um, before we talk about that, we wanted to ask you how SummerSlam was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> no, SummerSlam was great. Uh, the big winners were uh, Cody Rhodes and Gunther. Uh, those two guys are just amazing. And, and we got to see Brock Lesnar and Gunther. It has to happen. Those are two of the most legitimate guys in wrestling today. Uh, especially Gunther. I, I mean... I don't know how many of you listening are historians of wrestling, but uh, Gunther reminds me of guys like Gene Kaninsky and Luthez and even uh, the, the greatest heels of all time, like Killer Kowalski. I mean, he, ju ha he just has that look. He's got that aura about him. And um, his chops would, would be the envy of Wahoo McDaniel. I mean, he can chop you like there's no tomorrow. And uh, he went a little stiff and a little snug on uh, Drew, but that's, that's just how the guy works. He's just great, and he's he's currently one of my favorites. Nice. Very nice. As, as for the rest of it, I'm sick of the uh, bloodline. It's like watching As the World Turns, <laughs> or in my case, As the Stomach Turns. <laughs> It's enough is enough already. Let's get down to wrestling. Two guys just beating the crap out of each other. That's what I grew up watching, and that's what I like watching. Mm -hmm. This this is why I like Gunther so much. Mm -hmm. He just goes there, he beats the crap out of you, he goes home. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. There's no storylines, there's no soap opera, there's no BS. Just romp him, stomp him, fighting. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it should be. 
But so. it was a great it was a great show overall, and uh, you know the WWE always delivers a great pay per view, and uh, especially the last several they've been incredibly great, and uh, I'm looking forward to more. So uh, you know I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, and uh, I'll never stop watching it. Nice. Well, we're glad you enjoyed it. That was great. <laughs> Um, so I think we want to ask you and Aaron, is August 25th still the official release date? Yeah, August 25th. Um, everything's been submitted to uh, the factory a few weeks ago, and uh, it should be shipping probably in, I don't know, two weeks or, or so, and then it'll be here August 25th, maybe a few days early if we're lucky, but August 25th should be the date. Nice. Awesome. Nice. And how that, that is great news. Thank you, Aaron, for making this possible. Oh, no problem. I'm glad to uh, have made it happen after so long. Well, I tell you what, it's a great way to retire. You know, I didn't have to kill myself recording. I did it already. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that um when it does come out, people will enjoy it, and that's what I'm hoping for. So I never uh, spoke of my music or what I do or how I feel about it. I just do it, and I let the fans decide how where it belongs. And that's what they've been doing. Yeah, I've so. got quite a good response so far from uh, the Night Hunter track I put on YouTube. A lot of people liked it. I got a lot of messages about it, so I think it's going to oh, do that's well. Good. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. When uh, Jim and I wrote that, we were... Uh, <clears throat> those songs were meant to be on the follow-up to the Battle at Helm's Deep record, but, uh, you know, of course, he and I left, and uh, those songs never came to be until now. So uh, I'm just glad it's coming out, and uh, people that were long interested in hearing this stuff will finally get a chance to hear it. That reminds me of a question I wanted to ask you. What are the um, the song, the Night Hunter songs that were... Uh they were the original versions that ended up going on the second coming. Like what Night Hunter songs correspond to the songs that were on the Attacker album, the second Attacker? None of them. Oh, none of them? I thought you said there were some earlier versions. No. Oh, okay. They, they were meant to be on the second record, but uh, we took them and we kept them. Okay. And I think there was uh, one, maybe one song that uh, we let go that they wound up using, and uh, well, you know that was it. We didn't really care for that song anyway. So, okay. So, did you write more Night Hunter songs than uh, just the four that were recorded? Uh, just the four. There was there was a plan to do more, but uh, we wound up playing so many shows that you know the the writing just went on the back burner and. By the time we uh, we didn't realize that two years have gone by, and uh, record labels just weren't interested. So uh, it was Jim Mooney's decision to uh, break up the band. Okay. He didn't want to play out anymore or record if, if no record label was going to buy into what we were doing. So right after that, I joined Sleepy Hollow, same year. Well, Metal Blade must have liked it to some extent. Have kept the tape for thirty-five years. Yeah, they keep a lot of things for a long time. Doesn't mean that uh, they like it. So, I mean, uh, they just have it. 
you know. Right. But I'm but I'm glad it turned out the way it did. And uh, this guy Chris uh, is the one that actually came up with the cassette. And I didn't know that Jim sent it to Metal Blade. He never said anything. So, but I think he was mad because Metal Blade never responded. So. He never said much about it. He just didn't want to play anymore. Okay. Yep. I have, a, I have a question for either of you um, about Night, the Night Hunter 87 release. Um, there's seven song, seven tracks listed, but it looks like three of the songs are there twice. Are they different versions? Uh, they're different mixes. Different mixes. So the um, the drummer, uh, Tommy Akel, kept the... Uh, two-inch, twenty-four-track reel-to-reel uh, tape. Okay. So it was, you know, just the the raw recording. So we had we got those mixed, or Bob got them mixed somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where that was. And actually, actually it was Tommy because he had the reel. So okay, yeah. So he got them mixed at yep. wherever they were transferred at, and then he only had three of the four songs. The fourth song was on. Uh, Another tape that guitar player Jim Mooney's uh, wife has, but she refused to uh, let us use it for whatever reason. Mm. And uh, after that, uh, this guy Chris Smith on Facebook, he saw that we were releasing Night Hunter with three of the four songs, and he used to work at Metal Blade in the 80s, and he said, hey, I got this uh, cassette tape from of Night Hunter back then, still have it. Uh, do you need this fourth song for the release? So we were like, yeah, of course. That's yeah, the that's missing cool. piece. Nice. And so the other, the the first three songs are the remixed versions from the uh, reel-to-reel tape. And then the other uh, three songs are the original mixes from the cassette. And then the fourth song is, you know, the original from the cassette as well because we don't have the reel-to-reel of that one. Nice. So yeah, uh, the same songs, different mixes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we always find a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that song got included because I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I I had forgotten just how good the songs actually are. So I haven't listened to them in over 30 years. So listening to it was like, oh, my God, we did that. And uh, pretty proud of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping it gets a, a, a better reaction than it's getting now when it's actually released. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I think it will too. Yeah. 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 Um, how I, th- I mean, we can talk about this later. But how? Um, what's the best way for people to get that when it's released? Um, you can go on the Dark Age Records Facebook page. Um, and there's Dark Age Records Instagram, which is Dark Age mm-hmm. underscore Records. Uh, you can send me an email, Dark Age Records at protonmail dot com, and it'll be on Bandcamp. Uh, later, how I do it is um. You can buy it through Facebook or Instagram or email first, and then you can buy it on Bandcamp maybe a week after that. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why you do it like that? Because of the fees. Uh, uh, Bandcamp charges, they're like 15% fees or something like that. Oh, wow. I didn't know it's, that. For Yeah, for digital, I think it's lower. I forget how it works exactly. But yeah, the for physical media, they charge quite a bit. Oh, Okay. Oh, and I'll have a bunch in the back of my car, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Night Hunter is going to be limited to 100 copies, and the Unearthed stuff is going to be 200 copies. Is that correct? Correct, yep. And uh, the Unearthed has the four Night Hunter tracks, but it doesn't have the the other three original mixes. Mm. Those are just on the Night Hunter. Nice. 
And that comes with the 16-page booklet, The Unearthed. The Unearthed, yeah. It's got lyrics. It's got a biography written by Bob for every band. Oh, that's It's cool. got pictures. Yeah, it's cool. got a uh, lot of stuff in there. It came out quite well, I think. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Like when I have physical copies of something. Like yeah. that's so meaningful, having like all the lyrics and bios and backgrounds. I love that stuff. Yeah, and it spans, you know, a long time too because Black Star was 86, so it's uh, 30 years of, of music. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a long time. I mean, I, I walked in the studio for the first time in 1983. And now in 2023, I have my last two releases coming out. So uh, it, it's a nice way to come full circle and put a, a close to this uh, chapter, so to speak. So I'm pretty proud of it. And uh, I could only thank Aaron. Well, thank you. I'm glad I was able to do it because uh, there was a while where I didn't think it was it was going to happen. Yeah, there were some bumps and hiccups, but we went, you know, we got through it. You know, we always find the way. So absolutely. Bob, what are you most looking forward to with these releases? Finally having them in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be very special when I have these and uh, I can show them to people and, you know, my children, of course, and, uh, it's a proud moment. I mean, I've done so many albums commercially, and then uh, these other songs that were never released, I felt were just as good and needed to be heard. And uh, thanks to Aaron and Dark Age, uh, it's now possible to have it. And this marks just about everything I've ever recorded in my, what, 40-plus years of recording? That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. I think I said in the last interview, um, for an underground guy, I've done a lot. And uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that what I've done in my career, I don't think could be matched. You know, you got guys that are out there doing stuff, but they don't release music. They don't go on tours. They just play the same town for their entire life. And uh, I'm proud to say I've done a hell of a lot more than that. So... And, you know, doing interviews like this is such a great thing. I really enjoy them. Well, thank you. We do, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have any favorite memories, either recording or performing any of the songs from these two releases? Um, no, nothing that comes to mind immediately. Um, I've always approached it like uh, it's just fun to do. It's fun to create. Yeah. And it, it's just fun to uh, get a song together finally, you know, versus what it first sounded like to the finished product. And, uh, you know, the finished product is always the satisfying version. And uh, I'm pretty happy with that. So, I mean, you know, I've also um, said in the last interview, uh, everything I do is in one take. Um I rehearse the stuff with the band. I rehearse it at home on my own. Then I go in, do it in one shot. Bam. Those Night Hunter songs, I did them all in one day. That's impressive. Wow. Yeah, we rehearsed the hell out of it. And, uh, you know, when it's all right, we're going to do this whole thing. The You know, the engineer was uh, Doug Conroy. And he said, are you sure about that? I'm like, I'm positive. Let's do it. Let's roll it. So I did all four songs in one day and we were done. 
That's uh, really impressive. That's the way to do it. I mean, that's how uh, a lot of the great singers did it. You yeah. know, they go in, they rehearse the stuff and go in, bang it out. I mean, there's no need to waste your time and go, oh, wait, I forgot this line in this chorus. I got to sing it 54 times to get it right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you don't get it right the first time, you're not going to get it ever. Yeah. <laughs> and that costs money in a studio. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, record labels hate that. So record labels like me because I don't waste their money and I don't waste their time either. I go in, I do it, hello, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so what, was this a difficult process bringing all this together for these two releases? Uh, actually, no, I had everything except for the One Night Hunter song. Yeah, um, it was it was kind of a process. I would have liked to get that um, that Black Star live tape that uh, Drew. He says he has it somewhere in a box, but I've asked him like thirty times, and I couldn't get a hold of it. Well, I didn't even know about that one, but uh, oh, what are you gonna do? We got what we got, we right? Got, we got the Black Star Studio. That's the most important. Exactly. Thing. I, I we we pretty much had. I pretty much had everything, and so. Putting it together was, we had some hiccups, but, you know, nothing to write home about. We managed to jump over the hurdles and get it all done, like I just said. So the cover art looks like the same artist. Is that true? Yeah, that was, um, uh, my brother did those. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice he job. did a nice job. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. Aaron, do you do all the layouts? I do the layouts, yeah. Um. That was kind of a, a process of me figuring out all that because uh, Alexis used to do them at first and then it just became too much of a, a burden for her. So I started uh, figuring out the Photoshop uh, process after a while. And it was a lot of trial and error. But yeah, yeah. I did do the layouts for those and uh, it, it came out quite well, I think. Nice. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a nice looking book. Yeah, really? 16 pages is big. I did uh, one other, the Death Slayer CD was 16 pages. Oh, no, the Violation 2. So I've got three of them are 16 pages now. Wow. But uh, a lot of the bands, you know, they don't have much material to uh, include. So they'll just, it'll be the little four page booklets. Yeah. Mm. And then inevitably right. there'll be that one guy in line who's like, this booklet could have been thicker. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, you know, it's not like I'm refusing to put stuff in it's just a lot of times these bands only give me two or three photos so yeah. you know there's not much information they're around for 12 yeah, months 40 years ago yeah exactly yeah that was the only issue with night hunter i only had that one band photo and that's all i could give them yeah it's just you know they they weren't active for long so you know there's not much to include which is a shame because uh when we were active, my God, we were playing just about every week. And, uh, you know, we opened for some bigger bands and uh, we headlined a bunch of shows ourselves. And that was easy to do because of the popularity Jim and I had from being an attacker. So getting shows was never an issue. What are some bands you remember playing with, like either club bands or bigger bands or just from that time with Attacker, Night Hunter, any of the bands really? Well, with Night Hunter, uh, we had direct support for Twisted Sister. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, we played with them in uh, in Staten Island. I forgot the name of the venue. And it was actually AJ 
uh, the drummer that made it happen because he liked Attacker and uh, somehow he found out that him and Jim and I had this new band and through channels he made contact with me and he says, hey man, you want to open for Twisted? And I'm like, this was in, uh, I believe, 89. And I think uh, at the time they had an album called Love is for Suckers out. So, you know, they, they were, the popularity of the band was kind of waning a little bit on the mainstream. But if you go see them live, they still packed houses. So I told the AJ, sure, we'd love to play with you guys. And uh, so we did. And we opened for them. He gave us an hour and uh, gave us all the room he wanted. They were great guys. Uh, Eddie was especially great. Dee was very polite. Um... JJ was uh, JJ was JJ, and uh, Mark Mark the bass player was fantastic. He was he's my favorite one out of that whole bunch. He was the nicest one. That's great. Yep. I've so we got to play with them, and then uh, a while later we got to play with uh, this band called American Angel, and. Uh, let me think. Uh, one other big band we were supposed to play with, I can't recall now. Oh, it was supposed to be Sabotage, but uh, they had canceled, so we didn't get to play with them. But we got to play the venue anyway. Hmm. That, that was a great gig. So, And I think the reason why Sabotage canceled was because I think they were finishing up... Uh, gutter ballet and starting streets or something like that they were in between recordings they couldn't really commit to shows at the time so mm -hmm. but that's the breaks you know we had we had a great run we really did and it was a short run but a great run and uh hell i'll never forget it is is there anything that would uh pull you out of retirement even for uh recording one song say or one no. performance? No, you're done? Nope. That's it. Good night, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I got about 40 years worth of CDs out there. I mean, yeah. my music's out there, so yeah. I like to be remembered how I was. Yeah. And I mean, I got to tell you guys something. With, you know, with the physical therapy and therapy that I'm doing now, I'm getting much better, but I've also began to sing again. And the voice is still there and the strength is still there. But to return to doing that work, yeah. and, and no, I, I, I did it. There's no need to go back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, it affords me to look back proudly and, and say, hey, look, I did this. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I think we discussed this in the last interview. Yeah, you know? yeah, we did. I like to keep asking the same question. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. You're fine because uh, I, I like to repeat myself. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite release out of anything you've done in your uh, career? Alchemy X. Okay. Yep, that's my absolute favorite. So, um, yeah, I've said it before. That album just made me a better singer. I still listen to it all the time. And uh, I'm proud of all my work. But if I were to pick one, it would be the uh, Alchemy X record. Okay, cool. Yep. No doubt. Yep. Aaron, I think you had a couple of questions for, for Bob. Yeah. Um, 
for the uh, the Attacker album, uh, Soul Taker, what uh, what made you reunite with those guys again? It was time, you know, and I was the one that reached out. Okay. I was the one that reached out and, uh, you know, and uh, they were like, okay. So we did the Soul Taker record and we had a great run with that. We actually went to go to Europe because of that album and uh, it was great. And then, you know, but during that time, the old BS, why I left in the first place, started creeping back in and... We did The Unknown, and then after The Unknown, I did uh, Keep It True in 2008, and that was it. That was the last time I was in Europe, was in 2008. Okay. So, but they're both great records, and, uh, you know, I'm proud to say I have three full-length records with Attacker, and uh, the one everyone remembers is Battle, and uh, that makes me feel good because the voice on that album is mine. Yeah. Well, the first attacker I heard was uh, Soul Taker, and I liked it oh. a lot. Yeah, kind yeah, of a different introduction to the band. Yeah, it's a, it's a great album. It really is. Uh, who drew the artwork for Battle at Helmsteep? Um, trying to remember. It wasn't. I think it was Ken Pontac. Yeah, he's the guy that drew that bug in the uh, frightened He Man. Yeah, it's a, it's an iconic cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it is. You had to see when we first got it. We thought it was a rib. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it so iconic, you know, because it's uh it's unusual. <laughs> I think, yeah, it, it's iconic because it it it's been around. The image has been around. Everybody has seen the image, and they're used to it. But you know, when you first see that, that that's not the uh, cover we expected to have, and. Uh, it was actually a very nice looking dragon, you know, with a with a guy with a battle axe, and we got this bug, this big green bug. <laughs> it looked like a stunt double in a Godzilla movie. Um, I was like, "What the heck is this?" And you got this, uh, you got this uh, phenoic looking he man. What is that? <laughs> but I've gotten used to it. And then you got the attacker logo, which looks like a. Uh, like a toy for Whammo. Remember Whammo? <laughs> it looks similar to Whammo. So I'm like, what is Got the Whammo cover? Weird looking bug and a Fenoik He-Man. So you didn't have a logo before the album came out? Oh, no, that came afterwards. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah Metal Blade did that. And how did you get signed to Metal Blade initially? We had that demo when we were Warlock. We, uh, we had that three-song demo, and it got to Brian Slago's desk, and he loved the band. And um, we were actually signed for nine albums, okay? And what happened was, bef- um, right before we recorded the Battle album, we had a bass player named John Joseph. Then John didn't work out. He had to leave the band. We got this guy named Jimmy Shulman, who later went on to the band Hades. And he actually recorded the entire Battle at Helm's Deep album. If you listen to the bonus song uh, Trapped, that was Jimmy Shulman. And you hear a big difference in the bass playing between that song and the rest of the album. So Jimmy did the album. He, I think he did a great job. Gave that uniqueness to Attacker. 
And uh, then for some reason, some of the other guys didn't want Jimmy in. And I think it was the drummer who wanted uh, Lou Charlo into the band. And I'm like, fine, well, let's just release it with Jimmy and then we'll do the next one with Lou. And they were like, no, 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 no. So they contacted Metal Blade, said we switch bass players, we got to do the bass tracks all over again. $10,000 later. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So we did that and uh, we sent it. We sent the acetate of the original artwork. And it was told to me by a very reliable source that they were in the office with Brian Slagle when he took the acetate and smashed it with a hammer and said, this band will never get anywhere. So after Battle came out, he canceled our contract and basically the band got blackballed. Wow. Because, yeah, because, because of the bass playing? Yeah, no, the bass playing was great. On both ends, both bass, both bass players say that ten times fast. <laughs> both of those bass players were fantastic, but Jimmy had a uniqueness to him, and it, it brought uh, a really well-rounded sound to the band. And it was mixed, and it was completely done with Jimmy Shulman. The band decided, and I was against it, to redo the bass tracks with the new bass player, which I thought then was a very bad move. So did Jim Mooney, and uh, we were against it, but they did it anyway, because their reasoning was, well, he's the guy we're going to be out with. He should be on the album. Okay, I get it, but it's done. It's mixed. Put it out, and we'll do the next one with him. No, 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 no. All right, what do I know? So... The uh, album you hear, Battle at Home Seep Now, is not the original bass player. Lou Charlo took over for the guy we had and redid all the bass parts. Do you still have the tape with the original bass on it? I do not, but I'm sure if Jimmy, Sh if this interview gets to Jimmy Shulman's ears, he has it. Interesting. The only, the only thing I have on Jimmy Shulman is that song, Trapped. If you listen to the bass playing on that one versus the rest of the battle record, it's like having uh, Geezer Butler and then Chris Squire came in as a guest appearance. Huh. And that's what Jimmy Shulman reminded me of. He reminded me of the Chris Squires and the John Entwistles, whereas Lou was more like a Geezer Butler type. Again, not bad. They're all great, and Lou is a great bass player, but you know his style of playing changed the dynamic of the band. It was more progressive sounding with Jimmy Shulman. So that's what happened with that. Where do you draw your lyrical influences from when you write lyrics? Then, then, then versus now or always? Just, uh, I guess, an overview of then and now. I listen to the music first, and um, the only time I had predetermined lyrics was for the battle record because they were poems that I wrote in high school. 
all the sets of lyrics you see on the Battle at Helm's Deep record, uh, Wrath of Nevermore, uh, The Hermit, they were poems. The only title I changed was Disciple. It was originally called uh, Bewildered. So I changed the title for that. Uh, Call on the Attacker was originally called The Attacker. So they were poetry. After that, I would just listen to the music. And if it was an angry sounding song, I would just write lyrics and make sure they fit. <laughs> and then it turned out to be what it is. I, I never had a preconceived notion as to what I was going to write about. I would just write according to the mood. And it came out the way it came out. Interesting. It's a pretty simple way of doing things. <laughs> How did you get write-ups in uh, fanzines? I saw on Facebook you posted like you got a write-up in like Kick-Ass Magazine and some of those other fanzines from the time. Oh, that was the uh, demo. You could circulate your demo at the time, and we had so many demos floating out there that it got to European magazines, and we were getting write-ups left and right. Or someone from a fanzine would give our tape to, to another zine say, hey, check this out, you know, if you need filler for your uh, magazine. And they turn out to love the uh, three-song demo, so that's how it got around. Tape trading, as we called it. <laughs> and uh, why did you change your name from Warlock to, uh, to Attacker? We got a letter from Dorothy Pesh herself. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, you say, didn't you say, but ours is spelled different. <laughs> She, she didn't care. I mean, <laughs> she's like, you know, we don't want you using the Warlock name. It's going to confuse people. Mm -hmm. So to his credit, it was uh, Lou Trollo, our bass player, who said, why don't you just call the band Attacker? So so the credit goes to him. And uh, But it also goes to Doro for uh, writing to us and saying, hey, don't use that name. So <laughs> I guess it all worked out. It worked out pretty well. Did you ever meet her in person after that? Exchange? I did many years later, and she was a beautiful woman and a very, very nice down-to-earth lady. Nice, nice. Yeah, she was very, very cool. Do you, um, going back to the question from a few minutes ago, do you have a preference as far as just your creative process or in the past creative process um do you like just writing your lyrics without any constraints at all or do you like kind of fitting them into an existing piece of music i write my lyrics freely yeah. and i i write them according to the mood of the music what if there is no music what if you're just writing lyrics do you like do you like that freedom no it's just a poem yeah <laughs> okay so were you originally a, a poet before you were a musician? No, I was just trying to pass English class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people try and do that and don't become rock stars. Right. I mean, I, I, I was advised by a friend of mine. She said, you know what? Why don't you just write stories and make, you know, make it rhyme? And, you know, she gave me that advice and I took that advice and I, I wrote the uh, what would eventually become the lyrics for Battle at Helm's Deep, but I haven't done poetry since. Like I said, I was just trying to pass English class, and I got an A for it. <laughs> well, that's good. Yep. What's been your favorite thing about working with Dark Age Records? 
Aaron. <laughs> well, Thank Aaron you. is Dark Age Records. <laughs> <laughs> the one-man show, yes. Just working with, you know, just getting to meet the guy. I haven't met him personally yet. I hope, hopefully that'll change. But um, just meeting him, you know, he's a, a genuine guy. Mm-hmm. He's a fan, and he wanted to do this. You know, there was a point where I'm like, ah, you know what, forget it. And he, no, he's like, no, 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 we're doing this. You got to do this. You know, so uh, it's great to work with him. And uh, I hope to do so in the future. And it's it's also nice to know that I made a nice friend. So, yeah, as soon as I saw that Night Hunter post, I was, uh, that just piqued my interest. I was like, wow, more Un- unheard, because that's always what I, I search for is unheard bands. And then when I found out there was more, unheard uh songs after battle at helm's deep i was really interested oh yeah and then the rest is history now it's out so it's pretty great yeah i can't wait for it to come out but that's been my favorite just you know knowing aaron and knowing that there was someone out there that believed in what i've done uh i thought when i had my stroke and i retired i was i was going to disappear but uh thankfully that has not happened so well, it's been great. I'm glad we uh, could get it out. Yep. Same here, my friend. I appreciate it. So um, I have a couple questions. Um, Fire away, my okay. friend. So le- like, last time we talked, you talked about how influential like the old-time singers were. Yes. Um, do you have any feelings about Tony Bennett's passing? I cried like a baby. Yeah. You're a fan? A uh, big, big, huge fan. That yeah. that He can do no wrong. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's up there with Dean and Jerry Vale and all the guys I grew up listening to. And, uh, you know, Tony lasted longer than all of them. And uh, he was the greatest. And he made, he made, uh, uh, he made Lady Gaga legitimate, you know? And, uh, which tells me, uh, you know, if you get the seal of approval from a guy like him, mm-hmm. you better be good. Yeah. And listening to her now, she is fantastic. I mean, she she needs to step away from pop and just do standards. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, her stylistically, uh, she reminds me of like Lena Horne and Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, she she's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's wasting her talent doing pop, and she does pop music quite, quite well. Yeah. Uh, no bad guys on that, but uh, as a as a songstress, like a like a Barbara Streisand or Liza Minnelli, she is right up there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. And there's not too many of her around. Yeah. Not too many. I think when you go see her, you're seeing her. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about her. Have you seen her in concert? No, not yet, but I hope to someday. Yeah. yeah. I think she's great. She's a great artist, and uh, quite frankly, she's not bad on the eyes either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, completely different question. Do you yes. have a favorite from any era? Do you have a favorite catchphrase from a wrestler? Catchphrase? Yeah. Uh, not really. <laughs> no, no. I know no. last time you said Snuka was your all-time favorite wrestler, right? Well, he was my friend. Your friend? Uh, 
Yeah, he was my friend. My all-time favorite is Bruno San Martino. Oh, okay. I think Superfly was my all-time favorite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy was great. He was He's such a great guy. And, yeah. uh, I really miss him. Mm-hmm. I think about him a lot, especially when, uh, you know, I'm watching the Usos and, and Roman doing so well. I mean, um, you know, it, it, they were all related to Jimmy. And, uh, you know, I remember meeting uh, Roman when uh, Sika was wrestling. And, uh, you know, Roman used to go with his dad when Sika was wrestling independence. And um, I used to ring an ounce and uh, I... You know, I ring announced for Sika once in a while, and Roman would be there when he he was just Joe back then. But uh, back then he was a nice kid, and uh, but you could tell he had that thing about him that, damn, that kid's gonna be a star someday. Mm-hmm. Well, look at him now. <laughs> <laughs> I watch wrestling different than most people do, and. Um, now you can kind of tell who's going to take off and who's going to flop. And, um, you know, but with Jimmy, he was just, he was just great. He was a good friend and uh, he taught me a lot about life too. So, mm. yeah. All right. Um, do you remember our box of questions from last time that we picked from randomly? Yes, I do. Would you mind answering one more that we picked from random? Oh, you could ask a hundred. I don't care. Okay. All right. Here, here it comes. It's all good, brother. All right. Thank you. Go ahead. Fire away. I hope it's a good one. Oh. Um, when does the future begin? Oh, that's weird. You got that one. Yeah. Say, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. When does the future begin? You have to look to the future. <laughs> It begins now. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite restaurant in Erie, Pennsylvania? None of them. None of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone, but they don't even come close to the restaurants I used to go to back home in New Jersey. It's a small city. It makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I mean, to them, Italian is uh, Wonder Bread and Ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) All right, we'll ask you one more question from the box. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Okay. Question is, mm. this is kind of a weird visual question. Uh, in the word "cent," S C E N T, which letter yeah. is silent? The S or the C? I think it's C. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could argue either way. <laughs> There's no wrong answer, so. I passed English class, so I believe it's the letter C. Okay. All right. I like it. Or else you'd be saying skent. That's like saying, you know, uh, in certain words uh, with CH, you know, the H is silent, you know? Yeah. 
You never heard of anybody saying, hey, baby, have a nice box of cockalits. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you got any other weird questions? I'm a weird guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thanks for accommodating. <laughs> oh, please. It's my pleasure. Um, did you want to mention anything else in closing, Bob? Um, what can I mention? Oh, boy. Well, I thank God every day for waking up. Because the first thing I see is my wife. And for that, to me, is a blessing. Nice. Anybody listening, if you're having problems, just say fuck it. <laughs> Be happy you wake up. And you wake up with your significant other and your kids because you never know when you'll not see them again. That's great advice. Story. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. And uh, if you want to get into our business, which is music and entertainment, don't. Because, <laughs> because the landscape has changed dramatically for the worst. I mean... Um, you know, our, our uh, constituents and peers are all arguing with each other and, you know, throwing mud. It's a mud bath out there. It's terrible. Um, you know, it's, 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 do it, but keep a job if you're going to do this kind of work. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it That's, for the love, not for the money, because there's no money in it. <laughs> well, money's nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I... I uh, I did both, and I did well at both. I kept the job, and I and I did this, and uh, I did pretty well at both. I didn't become a millionaire, but I sustained a good life, and uh, I continue to do so. It's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just clip your coupons, mind your p's and q's, and you'll live a long life. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Bob. Oh, my pleasure as always. Aaron, Jen, Ken, thank you so much for having me again. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's been great. I yeah. hope this interview was uh, as entertaining as the last one. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can't wait for the, the release date. Uh, same here. August, August 25th. 25th. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Looking forward to that great day. I thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. Take care and have, right. have a great rest of your day. Y'all take care. Arrivederci. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Bob. Bye. Bye.
so Bob is no longer here, but Aaron is still here. We're going to talk to him for a few minutes about the label. And we just listened to... Uh, uh, sleep, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, um, Hypnosis from the, uh, the 89 demo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, which will be available on Unearthed. On Unearthed. Also on, like we said before, August 25th. August 25th, yep. Um, now, do you have, I know this was about Bob and, uh, Bob's releases, but you have a split release also coming out that day. Is that true? So, yeah, um, I try and organize uh, a bunch of different titles to be released at the same time because pretty much everyone wants everything I put out. Mm. There's some people only want, you know, one or two, but a lot of people are distributors who want to buy, you know, all the titles. So it's going to be the uh, the Violation Anthology. Mm. Um, that one I've been working on for probably since the last time we talked, since I was here. That's when I started working on it. Oh, wow. It took all this time just to get done. Okay. And uh, that one has uh, Leonard Hayes of Y&T on a few tracks, mm, nice. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he wasn't credited at the time because it was like under contract from whatever label Y&T was on. But if you look at the 7-inch the they put out back then, it says produced by Leonard Hayes, and he was their session drummer too. Mm. Oh, that's cool. That is a good trivia question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so it's like no one knew that before I started talking to the guys and asking them about it. It was just... Because they, they credited, some, I forget who they credited for the drums on it, but not him. Hmm. And uh, I have Mask coming out, which is, um, it's got the singer and the guitar player from Death Slayer, which uh, I put out maybe about a year ago at this time, the Death Slayer compilation. Uh, that's more of just like a hair metal, heavy metal type of thing. Uh, pretty commercial, but uh, with really good guitar playing, I think people like that. Uh, what else is in there? The two Bob Mitchells and uh, Avatar. That's um, uh, it's Avatar, and then it's a split with um, another band that the drummer was in called Transformation. Hmm. And uh, Avatar was around in like the early '90s, and they were a really weird, like technical progressive metal kind of thing. And then Transformation was maybe a little more straightforward, kind of like uh, Crimson Glory and Queensrÿche and those type of bands. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a good one too. So yeah, it's those five are coming out August twenty fifth. Uh, I have most of them at home in boxes, or just kind of like filling up my uh, my entryway. Just I've got like a thousand CDs sitting there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, ready to pack them up and send them out soon. That's cool. Um, so I I did my research on Metal Archives, and I obviously missed a few releases. I only had uh, the. the the Bob Mitchell releases and the Avatar and Transformation split for August 25th. But no, there's going to be five. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's cool. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's day, yeah. it's taken quite a while to get them all, you know, put together and everything. And you know, like I said, the the violation I've been working on on and off for about two years. Um, the mask has also been. Uh, quite a while probably about a year or more because I, I think i started working on that right after the death slayer but then there was you know the singer had to go through her uh storage unit and she found the master tape for um three of the mask songs and i got those remastered here in rochester at uh saxon recording mm, nice uh the the analog studio it sounds really good um 
what else was there? The Avatar, that got done pretty quick because the, uh, the drummer, he knew where all the tapes were. He mailed them to me. Um, let's see. What was the other one? Yeah, the Bob Mitchells, you know, took a while because of what we talked about, the missing source material and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all coming together now, finally. Do you know how many, um, after the 25th, do you know how many releases you'll have on the label? It's, uh, well, if you want to count the Night Hunter and the Bob Mitchell as um, separate things, it'll be, well, actually, no. So there's, I did the Warhead, the Warhead Rising, the local band, and then I did the Warhead Rising Ultimate Edition, because after I started going to uh, Saxon Recording here in Rochester, where that was recorded at, initially, I found the master tape for that recording. Mm. So uh, the first time around, the Warhead Rising was off of a cassette transfer, and then I found the master tape. Nice. And so I did the ultimate edition off of that. So if you count the ultimate edition of the Warhead Rising and um, the Night Hunter and the Bob Mitchell, it'll be 16. Wow. Nice. Yeah, That's so huge. It's, That's great. It's, uh, it's kind of hard to believe for myself sometimes looking back. Like, wow. That's, it was a lot of work. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's come together, which I'm, I'm pretty happy about. That's great. Yeah. And... Uh, the label's what two and a half years old yeah it's about uh let's see i start i i remember i went to the the monroe county uh what is it the the clerk or whatever to file for my dba that was march of 2021 Hmm. and then the first release was november of 2021 that's that's great that's i mean for one person pretty much doing everything. That's really impressive for... Yeah, I mean, I've had a few people help me out, you know, throughout the years. Like, Mm -hmm. I had... And then slowly I started learning more of the things and started doing it more myself Mm -hmm. and buying more equipment and all of that. But, yeah, it's it's been a a big process. Mm -hmm. Do you like doing it as much as you can yourself? I do, yeah. Actually, um, I guess I'll I'll make a big announcement here. But, um, so, I'm... I'm transitioning away from doing it myself and I'm actually going to be doing dark age records through a, I won't give the name just yet, uh, a very large, um, company in Europe. Uh, I've been in contact with for the whole time. So I'm still going to be doing my thing, but it's just going to be essentially offloading pretty most of the responsibilities. Cause it's, it's gotten to a point where I can't keep doing it. It's just way too time consuming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm still going to be able to do my thing, and I'm going to have a lot better distribution uh, nice. now because it's through a larger Europe. I mean, you know, larger for larger than myself, mm-hmm. but not necessarily large. If you ask people walking down the street, wow. But um, yeah, <laughs> um, a, a larger European label. I'll be working through them exclusively. That's cool, and That's uh, awesome. it also should help me work at a faster pace too. So it's like I just have to contact the bands and get the material. I don't have to worry about the artwork nice. or the layout or the mastering or nice. the you know any of these other things that I was doing or the promotion and the shipping. Like when I, when I ship out orders, it's like my entire weekend is just putting, putting CDs in, in mailers and packing them up and shipping them, printing out the labels. It's just all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. But at the same time, it, after a while, it gets a bit old. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, I congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's when, huge. When will the, the name be announced? Um, I have to talk with them about it. Um, the plan that we have is after this batch mm-hmm. gets out, um, we're, I'm going to be working through uh, them. Mm-hmm. 
So, so it's after, yeah, it's after, this is the last batch through me, and then after that, it's, uh, I actually have a few that I'm working on right now that'll be done through them. Nice. That's very cool. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about anything that's coming up? I mean, I know you've listed a bunch for the 25th, but can you say anything that you're working on for after this batch, or, or is that... There's a few in the works. Uh, I don't want to give any titles okay. just yet, especially because I'm... You know, I don't want to step on any toes because yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of not my operation anymore. It, it is, but I, I have, you know, f- they're creating a, a there's they're going to create a Dark Age Records division on uh, their labels, so it's going to have their logo and my logo on it. So that's that's pretty incredible. Exciting. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, awesome. I'm glad that it's uh, it can still live on, but in a way that's not as time consuming. Yeah, know, because I do need to do Work. other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do you, what lessons have you learned or what advice could you give to another smaller label starting out? Oh boy. Um, Did you, if you could go back to your former self in March of 2021 and say, don't do that or do this, would you? I would just say, take a lot of time with it because, you know, I, I have made a lot of mistakes uh, on the releases throughout the years. Like, um or year, I guess you could say, year and a half, whatever. Um, like, because I was working with this one band, Exit, in Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, there was kind of a language barrier, and he was telling me the members of the band, and it was difficult to understand them, and I ended up putting the wrong members in the booklet <laughs> than the ones that actually played on it. Um, on this upcoming Mask release, I um, <laughs> there's one song, because how I transfer the tapes is I, yeah, I put the cassette in the... Um, in my cassette deck, I've got it hooked up, and uh, I record in Audacity. So I was, mm. I would just let it record while I was doing something, and I forget, I forgot about it, and I ended up having one song on there that was like twenty minutes long. <laughs> like no big deal, I'll just crop it down and uh, send that to the factory. So that was um, what I did, but then I sent the wrong file. So mm. <laughs> on this mask release, there's one song that uh, has about 18 to 20 minutes of silence Mm. oh no (laughs) but you know all the music's still included so uh yeah i guess take it slow and check everything eight times (laughs) but uh you know the music's all there and that's i guess that's the most important thing yeah Hmm. yeah yeah i was trying to remember what i know several bands have done it but there was one in particular i don't remember if it was like Nine Inch Nails or Typo Negative that had like a ton of silence and then this hidden track. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's funny because it is the the sixth song and the seventh song is the last song and it's an instrumental. Well, so it kind of it kind of could yeah. be seen like that. It's, it's intentional. Yeah. It's not a mistake. You meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say. <laughs> hidden instrumental guitar track. <laughs> Um, is Alexis still involved? I know you mentioned when we were talking to Bob that it got to be a bit much for her. No, um, it's just been me doing it. Um, she was, she did the first maybe 10 or 12. And uh, actually what's pretty cool is she used um, my booklets like for the Woden Forge and for the Phantom at a, a job interview. And nice. she ended up getting a job doing um, uh, graphic design. That's using cool. that. That's amazing. But then also now because she's doing graphic design she all day long at work. For you. <laughs> yeah. She uh she doesn't do it anymore. So that's fine because I ended up learning a lot of things myself in Photoshop and 
figuring out things. But yeah, it definitely worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just creating opportunities all over the place over here. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did how's so you've been doing this for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned Facebook and you mentioned Instagram and Bandcamp. Have you found like the perfect recipe for promoting a release? Um, is it Facebook? I guess probably Facebook is where most of it comes from. I started. Like, the whole thing was very, I guess, fly by the seat of your pants, you know? Like, I didn't really have a plan. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to put this out and see what happens. And, uh, yeah, so I just started on Facebook, and then I got, like, some emails. I got a bunch of emails from, like, people in Japan who found me somehow. I don't know how. So now I have, like, this email newsletter, which is just, like, me and, like, eight email addresses that I just copy and paste it in saying, hey, new stuff's out. Oh, that's <laughs> it's cool. Not, it's not very uh, organized, like, with pictures or anything like that. So I've got, I've got a few people there that contact me, uh, a few people on Instagram. And, yeah, I guess I just hit all the platforms. I put stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Facebook seems to be the main one. But, yeah, every so often I'll get other people on the other platforms, you know, sending me messages or whatever, trying to buy stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. How, this is kind of an odd question, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, as you put out releases, they I'm guessing some do better than others. But in your head, like, how do you, you're probably not looking at them as strictly this move this many numbers, so this is more successful than that one. Like, how do you measure the success of a release on the label? Um, like before I press it or after it gets pressed? Like after. Well, um, the Woden Forge did really well because mm. they reunited. And uh, there were actually a lot of people in their hometown that um, remembered them. I guess they were, because they're from a small town in England. And so they were like the hometown heroes that never got signed. So the the guys in the band ended up buying like a hundred copies off me wholesale. Wow. And then, because I gave them their, their copies for themselves, you know, for doing it. And mm. then they bought a hundred copies wholesale. And then I think they bought 50 more after that. So they just know all these people in their town that nice. are just not involved in like any of the metal scene or whatever. They just remember them from way back then that wanted it. Um, but I guess how I would measure success is just, yeah, just who wants it. And it's, Sometimes I'm like, yeah, this one will do well, and then it it doesn't. And sometimes it'll do a lot better than I thought. Like the Death Slayer did really well. There was someone on Discogs that sold that for like eighty five dollars or something wow. like that. It's awesome. I I guess. I mean, <laughs> I sold it for eleven bucks, but someone someone yeah bought it from me somehow, and they sold it for eighty five bucks. So there's there's a lot of demand for that. Um, that's probably the rarest one that I've done. Like mm-hmm. the Death Slayer and the Woden Forge have had the most demand. I've gotten a few people wanting uh, the Phantom, which uh, that one I'd like to redo because the the mastering on that isn't as good as some of the other stuff. It was mm-hmm. when I didn't know what I was doing as well. Mm-hmm. Have you have you yet, or do you have plans to repress anything? Uh. Yeah, maybe <laughs> there. I shouldn't say, but there, there should be there. 
You could just say maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Let's leave it open ended. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> didn't um didn't Warden Forge um get back together? They did, yeah, and they've played two shows now, just in their own hometown, like just to these like <laughs> these uh these just very you know it's very like a non-metal crowd it's it's unusual the people that come out to their shows you know it's um they they've they've done like sold out shows twice that's awesome and uh yeah and so they because of the uh the release they all still lived together uh not too far and a lot of them were still in contact and they decided to give it a go and they sound great i saw live videos and i couldn't believe how good they sounded you know because they a couple of them have been active in like cover bands and and stuff like that over the years, and they really still have it. So I'm I'm surprised. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see them someday, but uh, I don't know if it'll happen. I'd 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 love it if they could play like some of those big, you know, the metal festivals over in Europe because there's a lot of festivals over there that specialize in new wave of British heavy metal. But yeah, I don't think they really know about them yet. But it'd be cool if they did. Yeah, for sure. That, that's got to make um, what you do feel worthwhile when you see something like that happen. It definitely does, yeah. yeah. And uh, Witch Hammer that I put out uh, in the last batch, I believe, they're um, they're jamming together now too and playing shows, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I don't I don't think they've played a show yet, but I've seen pictures of them on Facebook like jamming and uh, they post videos a lot, so it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, did you want to uh, answer a question out of the box? Sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and also, if you have anything else to mention, yeah, feel free. While um, I, while I find a question. <laughs> yeah, I think I already pretty much spilled the beans <laughs> for the uh, the upcoming label thing. Uh, August twenty fifth being yeah the release date. I'm just trying to think of what else is coming up. Yeah, it seems like I'm always busy working on something. And uh, I've got a few releases that um, this uh, unnamed label in Europe has said, because it's it's harder for them because English is their second language. They're like, we need you to to, uh, seek out this this guy from this band because it's he's really hard but we think you can do it and like they, they give me these challenges now <laughs> well that's kind of nice though yeah it's it's cool but yeah. it's uh I, f- I feel like you know a lot of these people are very stubborn they're yeah. they think their band sucked or it was a long time ago or they changed or you know yeah. whatever the thing is or there's a language barrier right well I mean they they gave me uh, American bands oh yeah but uh yeah for them there's a language barrier so it's it's hard because they're and these people, you know, they want to talk on the phone, and they're like, "I can't call you. I'm in Greece, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greece, New York. That is." <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready for your question? Uh, yes. This is an interesting one. Um, what is the oldest piece of clothing that you still wear? And I, I don't think this question was like whoever wrote the question. I uh, uh f- so funny story. I actually um. I got on the uh, the Metallic Overdrive Facebook group. There was some guy there that um, he had one of the old Metallic Overdrive shirts, mm. and uh, he he was this guy in Alabama, and he was like, "Hey, I work at or I I'm like friends with someone at a Goodwill down here, and they know I like heavy metal, so they they sent me and I found this 
Metallic Overdrive t-shirt. Is this the same shirt as this group? Wow. I was like, yeah. How did it end up in Alabama? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a... Uh, it was when I got I got it maybe like six months ago, and when I got it, it was pretty tight on me. I couldn't fit into it, and then I lost some weight, and it fits. So I guess that's from 1986. Older than me is my that oldest is article of clothing. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's awesome. a great story. It ended up in Alabama and back here somehow at, at Goodwill, no less. <laughs> yeah, because well, because it was he said it was at um, when the stuff at Goodwill goes to the um, if it doesn't sell at the stores, they sell it. It goes to the big. Um, donation centers where you can buy like a garbage bag full of clothes for a dollar oh okay and it was just in there because nobody bought it at, it was traded in nobody bought it at the store it ended up in alabama and back to back to me <laughs> that's wild yeah that's really cool that's a cool story yeah now i know it, it probably to the people listening doesn't sound like that was a random question but it really was yeah, it that, really was <laughs> yeah it worked out very well <laughs> and you answered it exactly how i was hoping you would <laughs> <laughs> but yeah my dad still has a couple of those um in his closet he's got one of them in the bag that he never wore and then he's got one of them that he wore uh back then a lot can you um this is a side note but your father recently took part in a metallica interview is that true it's true yeah i've uh i mean i've yet to see it but yeah they they tracked him down and uh Talked him into it. He's very elusive these days. (laughs) It was a hard sell. Yeah, I can imagine. It was a very hard sell to get him to do it. And uh, I didn't think he was going to. I was like... That's cool he did. I I was pressuring him a lot. I'm like, you have to do this. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He's like, no way. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And then the, the producer ended up finding him and was like, you need to do this. And then he did. That's awesome. That's, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad he did it. I guess he talked for quite a long time, like 30 minutes or so. And uh, yeah, he he went through everything. I, he, uh, I, I'm excited to see it because I, I know he was hamming it up for the for the camera. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do you know when it's supposed to be out? No. No? I know it's done by the guy who did that Metallica movie that came out like maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I forget what it was called, but there was like a movie with the, the music, the band playing in it. Um, but it was like a, a major release in theaters and all that. It was, so it's the same guy. And I think it's about the recording of Kill 'Em All. That's awesome. So yeah, they go through like the houses that they stayed at here in Rochester. They go to the old studio. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad he did it. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll be glad he did it too. Yeah, I, th- I think he already is. Yeah, yeah, and he showed a lot of the um, the old pictures that he has of them from back then, and uh, they get into all the stories and all that. Yeah, it should be it should be really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for talking to us again. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. You're always welcome. Yeah. Um. We love what you're doing, obviously, and anything we can do to help, we're always willing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure uh, in the future I'll be back on and can talk about more things. We would love We that. hope so. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Um, so we're going to close the show with... And the song is Night Hunter, Believe in Yourself. It'll be on the Unearthed CD and the Night Hunter CD, August 25th. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs>